Jets don't get that. Kaysan. Kaysan? Okay, it looks like we're having some technical difficulties. I think I know Biggie is having technical difficulties, but what about Kaysan? Can you hear me? I don't know what's going on. Well, let's get to the message. Patrick left a message. Hey, guys. Love the show. I like your choice for the Bears head coach. I think it makes the most sense. And as for Miami, it almost looks like the owner is trying to become a Jerry Jones type owner. And what kind of coach wants to work for that? I brought that up. You know, I brought that up. What what type of coach wants to work for that uh, in that situation in Miami? Miami's just in disarray right now. I don't really understand the Dolphins um, at all. I don't really understand the Dolphins at all. Um, but it's like I said, as far as the Raiders, I think they're going to try to get Jim Harbaugh his storylines, his headlines. You know what I mean? It's Vegas, so it will fit. Um, they want big names, big storylines. But I think the biggest question is, <clears throat> what do you do with Carr and how do you build this team on both sides of the football? Um, I think that's the question. I really do. Nah, I agree with what you were saying, man. That's why I said let me hop in real fast. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said because I, I, I was speaking to you, but I couldn't hear you. I, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, um, I had to reconnect back in. But, no, what you said about the Raiders is true. It's like if you're going to go hire Jim Harbaugh, there's a reason why you had to fire May- Mayock. I mean, Mayock, he wasn't a bad GM. Like you said, there's talent there. I'm not a big fan of Josh Jacobs. But that's more so for betting reasons, not personal reasons. He is a decent <laughs> running back. <All> right. <laughs> he, is, he is a decent <laughs> running back. But what do you do with Carr? Like, if you're the Giants, and I know we're not trying to talk about the Giants as much on oh, the we show. Oh, we know we're going to get to that. We're saving them for last. Yeah, that's the last that's one. Last. <laughs> do, you, do you go make a trade for, uh, for what's his name, for Carr? Because I think Carr could be a solid quarterback in the right system and you've seen that I wanna I wanna say Oakland so bad, but Las Vegas. You've seen that in Las Vegas. Like in the right system he can be there. But I'm with Brandon and I know we was talking about PJ. PJ's high on this class, but me, I don't like this class at all. It's a couple kids that I like, but they're not there's nobody in this draft class that's screaming I'm NFL ready right now. I do like the kid Malik Willis out of out of Liberty, but I don't think he's NFL ready. I think he's more of a a mobile quarterback, and those don't tend to pan out unless you're Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick. Um, the kid Kenny Pickett out of out of Pittsburgh was never really high on him. Yeah, like PJ like, said, Kaysen, I even tell you this. I'm sorry to cut you off, man. I, nah, I want to get your no. Go ahead, I'm, but I want to get your answer on this. PJ said, and it's no disrespect to PJ. I love PJ, but what I'm saying is, he sat there and said the humming. Somebody was talking. I don't know. If, he said that the guy out of Pittsburgh, his ceiling is Aaron Rodgers. I said, wow. Pickett. His yeah, ceiling is his ceiling is Daniel. He's Daniel Jones 2.0, Kenny Pickett. <laughs> like, I, but that's what I'm saying, Biggie. Like when he said that, I said, "Well, if his ceiling is Aaron Rodgers, I have ESPN. How come I don't hear nobody talking about him like that?" The best quarterback in this draft is a kid named Malik Willis out of out of Liberty. The reason why yeah. he was in Liberty, he was an SEC quarterback. He he was, I think, he played at Auburn, but he got into some off the trouble, off the field issues. Ended up going down to Liberty. I think Liberty is a, if not in the Sun Belt, in one of the lower conferences in college football, was tearing up the Sun Belt. Like statistical numbers is there, but the mm-hmm. only problem is is the off the field issues. And then you got the NFL is nowadays. Like if you got off the field issues, man, they kind of look at you side eye. 
I mean, the talent is there, but NFL already know. Can he pick it? It's a reason why he's in Pittsburgh. It's not a. It's a, it's a reason why. And then everybody else is just like third, fourth round at best. This is not the year for a quarterback. And think about it. The Eagles have two first-round picks. They're not looking at a quarterback. The Giants have two. They're not looking at a quarterback in this draft. So it goes to show you, like, this is more so offensive line and defensive heavy draft, a defensive heavy draft. But I'm, if I'm, I'm not picking a quarterback unless I'm either the Eagles or Giants, and even those, like I said, even those teams are looking at it like, uh, I think Washington might go get a shot. I wish the Giants would pick a quarterback. I wish the Giants would pick a quarterback in this draft, man. Don't do that. Don't. I would. I would be done with the franchise at that point. Yeah, I would. would, Yeah, I wouldn't do that. And like you said, Kason, this is a great defensive class. This is a lot of great defensive players coming out in this class, especially them guys out of Georgia. But uh, this is not a good quarterback class. It's just not. No, it's not. And just to stand corrected, and it'll make us sad as Giant fans, the Eagles have first three round picks this year. Oh yeah. They got yeah. three. <laughs> yes, they have, they have three first round picks. Now for me with the Raiders, I'll tell you what, I think even if they kept Carr, I think this team is lacking in what Brandon we were talking about. I think it's lacking in defense. And another great candidate for this job. And the Raiders, you honestly have to say, the Raiders are the most diverse franchise in football. They are the team, as far as it relates to the NFL, they are the team of hiring firsts, right? First black head coach, Mm -hmm. first Hispanic coach to win a Super Bowl, first CEO as a woman. I honestly think you focus on the defensive side of the ball and this would be a nice landing spot, potentially, I think, for Brian Flores. Mm-hmm. And then you bring in an offensive-minded coordinator that can bring that team up to speed. And then that makes Grayson's good point of what do you do with Derek Carr at that point in time? They have the 21st pick in the first round. So we all know that's either they're going to try and replenish the wide receiver core or they're going to try and you know get somebody maybe to make the line stronger. Um, the biggest question is who do you bring in for coach? Who do you bring in for GM? I, I, I like Flores here. Um, some of the GM candidates that, that are being rumored for other jobs would be a really nice landing spot here. Um, and then it really does ultimately come down is what do you settle on at the quarterback position? Because listen, worst case scenario, they know they have a quarterback right now that can at least get them to the playoffs because he just, just did it in the probably one of the most distracting seasons of all times. And finished top five in passing yards. Right. Yeah, the right. talent is there, like you guys said. The talent is there is more so if you're a GM, do you want to be tied up with that quarterback because he's not yours? Right, right. Great point. So now let's talk about the Chick-fil-A franchise of the NFL, the Houston Texans. Oh, this team, this team is concerned more about what their team yearbook looks like <laughs> and making sure that they have the right people in every position, even if they're not the most qualified people. This team wouldn't take a chance on somebody as a long shot if they had to. Kyle McNair and this team is this is a perennial eight and eight team at best, no matter who coaches them. Because that's all this franchise is. And as we talk about the Texans, 
let's also put a little caveat on Kaysan's great point of what's going on with Derek Carr, because if Brian Flores gets that job in the Raiders, we could see Derek Carr traded to the Houston Texans that we're talking about right now. And the Texans would love to take the brother of their first ever pick in the NFL, David Carr. But what do you guys see for this franchise? I mean, Cully was basically a hire to kind of right the ship, and the guy did an excellent job, and they canned him. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're talking about taking flyers on a Jared Mayo as a coach. Uh, Flores is definitely not going to be a candidate <laughs> on that team. You know, there's one guy that's been getting a lot of talk about, and he did a nice job as OC in Detroit. He did a great job as OC with the Chargers, and he is the grandson of Vince Lombardi, and that's the offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, of the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, I know this isn't an exciting team to talk about, but what do you guys think about the Texans? Uh, I mean, the Texans, in my opinion, ooh, this, is just, this is one of the worst jobs in the coaching cycle. This is definitely the worst one because you have an owner that doesn't, in my opinion, I don't think he knows a lot about football. He has a, a, a great quarterback in Deshaun Watson doesn't want him he doesn't want to be there so then there you go it's like they're in a perfect division i mean other than the colts in tennessee remember houston used to own this division for a long time with horrible quarterback talent like when they had hopkins i can't even remember the quarterbacks i want to say they had hoyer and guys, help me out. What was who was the? It was they just had guys, man. They, they just, just had, had guys. Guys. They were still <laughs> winning that division. So it goes to show you go out and get Deshaun Watson, and it's like they're they're okay with mediocrity. Like they're they're okay right. like, as long as they put fans in the seat. And granted, like they're in Texas, the Cowboys. We we know the Cowboys on that on that state. You know the Rockets play there. San Antonio's there. So there's other things to do in Houston besides no in Texas besides watch the Texans, but. I don't know, and, and like you said, like Cody was a he, he he pretty much did the best job that he can, like with a rookie quarterback. I think Tyrod was supposed to be the guy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he got hurt. Uh, you bring in a rookie quarterback, he plays well, but you give him the you you don't let him get a second year, and it's like you're looking for another head coach. But like you said, baby, who wants this job? You're not getting Flores. You're not getting um, Harbaugh. You're not getting. Anybody, maybe this is a spot for enemy but if you're enemy you're looking at it like, do you Hell want no. to be there? Like, like, I don't think I don't think with his two previous OUIs that they would even. I uh, listen from everything I hear about this organization. I mean, I I skirted saying it, but if we're gonna throw everything on the table, which Mister Motivation, when I first started on stereo, told me I needed to do more. If we're going to throw everything on the table with this organization, this organization is more concerned with perception and their religious viewpoints on things. And listen, I'm not knocking that. You own the franchise. You write the checks. That allows you to do whatever you want to do. But we're doing an NFL show. This is what we do. And if you're only concerned with that result, then that the res- that's the result you're going to get on the field. And I, I honestly don't think they would take a B enemy because of that. I think this is a job that's going to be first time head coach. A guy, maybe, you know, that listen, if Mike, 
If Mike this McCarthy, is a cringe-worthy it, 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 franchise. Yes, guys. this it, is a cringe-worthy. I can't wait to talk about. Yep. this. I'm gonna go ahead, Biggie. If Mike, <laughs> if Mike McCarthy was on the market, that would be a perfect fit, fit for the Texans. They but would love that, Mike McCarthy. Why, why not stay with Bill O'Brien? Like that's my whole thing. Like if, if you were because Bill, like, Bill, hmm. Bill O'Brien became a psychopath. <laughs> you know he, he legitimately, bro, became a psychopath. Like I read stories that him and Nick weren't getting along towards the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. You know th- this is a cringeworthy franchise to me, and I'm gonna go all the way back to uh, when the the founder of the Texans was there, Bob McNair. Guys, you remember the, that that quote he said um, back when the um the uh how do you, when when the, when the whole uh, the the of, yeah, yeah, the whole that whole anthem thing was going on, and he basically said, "Yeah, that's what I meant to say." The protest for the anthem when that was going on, the owner of the Texans, Bob McNair, the founder, basically said, "Let's not let the prisoners run the jails." Yep, he was referring to the players. Now he wanted to, you know, he later came out and said that's not what he meant to say, or he apologized, whatever the case. So how you sit there and say that's not what you meant to say, but then you apologize. Like that that's not what I understand. Now God rest his soul, he's passed away now. But and you know what I mean? Nobody wishes death on anybody in this world. So, but but with that being said, this is a cringeworthy franchise. They they, they play in Texas, they from Houston, they're on McNair's, they from they from Texas, the elderly, you know, Caucasian. So it's like I, I'm just real curious about this franchise and what are they trying to do, guys? This was a franchise that two seasons ago. Were up twenty four to nothing against Kansas City. They were a game away from the AFC Championship game, and they were a boatload of talent on that team. But what was the problem? Bello Dan Bryan was the yep. head coach, <laughs> and that's why they lost twenty four to nothing. I'm, I'm sorry, you don't go from having Deshaun Watson as your quarterback, Hop, Fuller. Um, they just had talent on that that, that that side of the ball. J.J. Watt was there. Clowney was still there. Like, these guys can still – like, that was still a good team. And like Kaysan said, they ran the AFC South once Peyton left. Or, you know yeah. what I mean? Even when Luck was there, they were having success in the AFC South. It was a really a, a, a back-and-forth a back and forth competition between Luck when he was with the Colts and uh, Houston. When they this is before they got Deshaun Watson, you know what I mean? When they kept having these different type of quarterbacks, and I don't give them a little point for winning them with, the, with those quarterbacks. I'm sorry because he was really only competing with Andrew Luck. Tennessee and Jacksonville was an afterthought in that division. So with that being said, I don't know what the hell Houston is going to do in terms of at the like I said, if I'm behind, uh, you know, if I'm uh, Jim Harbaugh, if I'm one of these top head coach Brian Flores. I'm not taking this job. You know what I mean? So it's like Biggie said, I can see them hiring a first-time head coach a position. Um, you have Mills. He he I think he was he led the lead in pass yards in terms of from a rookie standpoint. He was the he was the rookie led the uh he as a rookie, you know what I mean? He had what over two thousand yes. yards, you know what I mean? So obviously you guys know I didn't he didn't lead the lead in passing, but you know what I mean? He was yes. he, he he was the second best quarterback in the draft outside of Mac Jones in terms of from when you look at the rookies that performed. He was the second best. Now, when the goals go down, he won't be the second best in the class. But with that being said, he had a solid year. So I think if you're Houston, I don't know what the hell Nick Casario, the general manager, wants to do. But listen, you build off of that. You know what I mean? That like, you know what I mean? But I, I just I don't get Houston. I really don't. It is the least attractable um yeah. franchise. I mean, like I said before, Houston is a great city. It's one of the top 
Uh, great market. Yeah, yeah great it's a market. great market. It's a great market. It's a top 10 market. It's the fourth largest city in America. It's, you know what I mean? It's the largest city in Texas. So, yeah, the Cowboys get the headlines. But that's the only thing that you hear about when it comes to Dallas. Houston got all the entertainment and all the live stuff that's going on. It's, it's all in H-Town. So, with that being said, uh, but the Texas is nothing to, you know, and then like we said before, they're more, like you said, Biggie, they're more concerned about uh, the, the, how they perceive. Okay, that's fine, but you know what's going to happen? That means fans is now going to come to the stadiums because I watched Texans games this year, not necessarily watching them, but sometimes I'll take a glance to see, okay, what the hell they're doing? And then when I see the stadium, it's empty. So that's yep. you're losing money. And Houston is one of the top 10 uh, viable franchises in the league. One NFL scores list. They're top 10. I don't know how, but they're top 10 because they play in Houston, I think. So with that being said, I don't know what the hell the Texans are going to do. Deshaun Watson, and like Casario said, it's not a matter if, it's a matter of when he's going. So we know he won't be there um, on the roster. We know Deshaun Watson won't be there. There's nothing to talk about with this team in terms of not saying it in a bad way. What I'm saying is this is not an attractable spot. The Texans have just fallen from grace if they was even somewhere at that, you know what I mean? Yep. At the top at one point. It's, this is just bad, man. This is really, really bad. So, I, me personally, I think this is the worst division in football. I know the <laughs> NFC East is terrible. I'm serious, but I really think this is the worst division in football for numerous reasons. Outside of Tennessee, you don't know what the hell is going to happen with the Colts with Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, because the Colts, after the season ended, they were not committed on Wentz being a starter. They were really disappointed. So you don't know what the hell is going to happen with the Colts. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Jacksonville. Outside of Trevor Lawrence, that's really the only thing you have. And then Houston's Houston. So if I'm Tennessee, <laughs> there's no reason why you shouldn't run the AFC South for years to come, why you still got the window that you have. That's all I got to say about Houston. Now. This, is, this is a bad, bad franchise, guy. <laughs> this is bad. Like, this is really, really bad. Fran- it's a bad franchise, man. <laughs> quickly, bad- quick, quickly on Houston before uh, we switch over, because this is one of the worst games. Um, this is one of the landing spots where one of the quarterbacks I was talking about, if you're drafting a quarterback, this is a team that should be drafting a quarterback. You have nothing to lose. No, you no. Take a, yeah, but you take a chance on a Malik Willis or you take a chance on Kenny Pickett and it yep. pans out, you're great. If That's the only out, way. You're, you're right, Kason. You're right because the reason you, you're so right because you need to take that chance because realistically, the only way you pan out is if that quarterback pans out. You're not going to get anybody to this team. You know what I mean? So you need exactly like you're saying. You have nothing to lose. You might as well just take him. And if he hits, you know, consider it divine intervention because you're such a holier-than-thou franchise. But now, what we've all waited for. (laughs) (laughs) The New York football giants are on the clock. Oh, my God. The giant news of today is that they have completed their second interview with the Chiefs Executive Director of Pro Player Personnel, Ryan Pulse. Now, we all know that they've completed their second interview with Sean. Now, I want to keep it like we've been doing it. Everything in my wisdom barometer tells me that this is coming down to two factions And it's coming down to two general managers, which the Giants have openly stated they want to hire before the coach. Now, both of these potential GM candidates, fortunately enough, have coaches, coordinators that are tied to them, associated, affiliated on the same teams right now. 
that have been rumored would come with the GM to be the next head coach of the Giants. It's like drafting your favorite. It's like drafting Joe Burrow in fantasy and making sure you draft his favorite receiver. It's like stacking like I've never seen it in the NFL. I personally think the dark horse candidate for this job is North Jersey's own Dan Quinn. Quinn is the kind of guy that I could see. And if the giant organization likes Quinn a little bit more, perhaps than they like Dable, I think Schoen would not have a problem. So we have a ton to talk about and we have some time. What do you guys think about big blue? Go ahead, Kaysan. <laughs> I'll let you get on. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start it off, man. The Giants, you know, we all Giants, man, all three of us. So we talk a lot about this off off um, stereo. <clears throat> the GM, you know, I, I definitely like the, the Bills GM, uh, assistant GM. So I think he should definitely get the job. My thing comes with the coaching, <clears throat> the coaching aspect of things. We need somebody that can be a leader. I, I don't think the Giants had a leader since Coughlin. Like, since the Coughlin days. McAdoo wasn't that guy. Shermer, I, I never was a fan of Shermer. Even though he he was supposedly supposed to be this offensive-minded coach, I never saw it. The statistics never <laughs> showed it either. I think besides the aspect of um, what's his name? Ben McAdoo's first year when he went 11-5 and five and lost to the Packers. This team has probably been one of the worst teams in football. Like, not even if. They're definitely the worst team in football besides the Jets. So, I like a guy like my my guy, my candidate, my is Flores. I think Flores has everything you need. We've seen what he did the last seven games in Miami. Now, you know, you guys can push back and say as far as the development of, of the quarterback. But right now, we don't have a quarterback, in my opinion. Daniel Jones is just a guy. He, we don't know if he's healthy. When he's on the field, he's a turnover machine. He turns the ball over at extremely high rate. Um, our receivers are decent. I like Slayton. I like Galladay. We don't know what we have in Galladay because he can't stay healthy. He didn't catch a touchdown all season, but that could be towards the quarterback play. Uh, Shepard needs to go. He needs to go. He needs to leave New York City. He's a great guy. Well, he's not even a great guy at this point. Apparently, his rumors about a divorce or a cheating situation. Not my business. At the end of the day, <laughs> there's too many holes on this team. The offensive line has been trashed for 10 years. I remember graduating high school and the offensive line was trash. I remember graduating college and the offensive line was trash. Now, I'm about to start a family and stuff like that, and the offensive line is still trash. So, there's so much work to do on this team, and it's like there's no quick fix. And I think GMs, coaches, and Marin them has been selling to the fan base that like, this is going to Quick reality, my fault. Cut off real fast, but in reality, it's not a quick fix. This is something where you got to tear the foundation down and rebuild everything up. And unfortunately, as you guys know, because you guys live in the market as well, this is a market that's very impatient. Like nobody has time to rebuild. Like that's why the Knicks was getting time for the longest, and this is why the Yankees are who the Yankees are. They go out and spend big money because nobody has time for that. So now you're in a predicament where, like, you got to find a GM that can do this quickly, and you got to find a head coach that can build a roster. I don't know if, if there's anybody out there that can do that that fast. So that's where I'm at with it. But we definitely need a quarterback. But I, I'll come back in and out because, like, right now, this is my thoughts, and I got to gather my thoughts in there to, to get back into the conversation. 
Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pressed, I'm so Guys, uh, I'm gonna try not to have I'm gonna try not to have all the listeners that's listening, uh King, Patrick, Kason, Biggie. I'm gonna try not to have, and I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm being real serious. So if it sounds like I'm smiling while I'm talking, I am smiling, but it's smiling because I'm angered right now. I hear you. I hear I'm you. A, I'm gonna try not to have a Stephen A. New York Knicks, New York Knicks rant down. I'm gonna try my best not to have one of those because, <clears throat> guys, when these ten, when this team won the Super Bowl, that was 2011. It's been 10 seasons now, okay? It's been 10 seasons now. But that's not the point about them who it's been 10 seasons since they won the Super Bowl. You haven't won a damn division in 10 years. This is the NFC East. How you haven't won the NFC East in 10 years? You made one playoff appearance 2016. You got bounced in the wild card round against Green Bay. Odell, that was the that was the old. Oh, they decided to go on a yacht. How do you go on a yacht before the, the, the your postseason game? First postseason game at Lambeau Field, you go on a boat trip. You lose that game. Like, I don't get this franchise. How do you go from being big blue, four-time Super Bowl champions, and you haven't made the playoffs but one time in 10 years? Guys, I have the record. I sent it in the Instagram group chat that we got. This is the Giants record in the past decade. 70 and 90. 20 games under 500 are the New York football Giants. I'm sitting here watching uh, Boomer and Geo, also a show in New York. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't them. I think it was Chris Sims. So it was football talk. Chris Sims says, this is the worst the Giants have been since the 70s. And anybody, and I'm, I'm, I was born in 98. I'm 23 years old. But even I remember talks about how bad the Giants were in the 70s. Those were the dark days. This is even worse than them. I don't get this. John Mary, you have to get this right. I'm not even Steve Tish. Because Steve Tish is obviously part owner. We all know it's the Tish and, and John Mary. But we know who runs the Giants. It's been it's, it was John, it was it was it was uh excuse me, it was Jack Mary at first. He was the founder, if I'm not mistaken. And then it was Wellington Mary. And now it's John. They have to get this right. I'm so sick and tired of watching me, not even Mikuyakri, just and that every single year, like guys, when we watch this offense, this offense looked like something that was in the third, the, the, the uh, the 19th century. When you watch the Giants' offense this year, no type of product, no type of nothing, nothing at all. It's too much talent on this team, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not too much talent on this team. If I'm the Giants, this is what I do. There's three head coaching candidates to me that stand out about this job. But I know you mentioned something about Dan Quinn. Obviously, he's a North Jersey native. I don't like Dan Quinn for this job. That's just me personally. I don't think that's... Brian Flores is perfect for me. Brooklyn native, Kaysani's from Brownsville. This is perfect for him. I had, like I said before, I had, like the Giants, they keep talking about, you know, they, they hire Joe Judge. The Giants keep talking about they want discipline. They, you know, they want discipline type coaches. But there you go. Brian Flores is the type of coach that brings discipline. I think he'll be perfect with the Giants. And I've also and I've also been told that, that the Giants is at the top of his list in terms of being a head coach. It's at the top of his list. I firmly believe if Brian Flores becomes the head coach, he's going to want Deshaun Watson. 
And if I'm the Giants, depending on what happens with this legal situation, now me personally, I don't really think anything is going to happen seriously with Deshaun Watson. I really don't. I don't think nothing serious is going to happen. So if I'm the Giants, like Kaysan said, I'm sorry, guys. I don't got time to do no whole full rebuild. We need to win now. This is the New York market. I don't got time for a full rebuild. We've been rebuilding for damn near 10 years now. I don't want to see no rebuild no more. It is time to win now. The window to win is now. Look at the NFC East. There's nobody that's scheduled in the NFC East. I don't want to hear anything about Dallas. The Giants have to get this right. I'm just so sick and tired of watching this. This year was terrible, guys, terrible. We were supposed to be contenders for the NFC East, and we weren't. We were 4-13 this year. We were worse than last year. How do you go from 6-10 and and you're worse? The Giants don't have a quarterback on this roster. So, like I said, if I'm the Giants, even if you don't get a Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, or Aaron Rodgers or something like that, which I don't see Aaron Rodgers coming to New York, I think it's a pipe dream. But with that being said, if I'm the Giants – if you can't get a quarterback in a free agency, if you can't upgrade over Daniel Jones, okay, keep him at least for one more year. He hasn't, like I said, he doesn't. It's not like he's under some big contract. Then I think if you're the Giants, you go out and get like some. You try to go out and get a quarterback in the draft next year. There's so much holes on this roster, guys. The offensive line, like Kaysan said, it's been terrible. It's been terrible. But the only standout guy that we have on the offensive line is Andrew Thomas. The other four are terrible. Um, the defensive line. I mean, the Giants don't got nobody that can get after the quarterback. We are, we always knew the Giants for having a good defensive line. That's no longer the case anymore. I mean, and then even the 2016-year case sound you brought up, that year, okay, we made the postseason, but it wasn't because of our offense. That was because of our defense that year. Our offense, Odell had over 1,000 yards, but we had no ground game. Yeah, Sterling Shepard had eight touchdowns, I think, his rookie year. He has to go. I think his football career is over in terms of the injuries that he suffered. So he has to go. Galladay is obviously not going on the anywhere, but you overpay for him. He's a possession receiver. He just has to be used correctly. He didn't have no touchdowns. Guys, do you know that Lane Johnson had more touchdowns than Kenny Galladay? <laughs> I do. Oh, Lane Johnson had man. one touchdown. Kenny Galladay had zero. That just goes to show you, okay, Jason Garrett, what the hell were you doing? Uh, Freddie Kitchens, when you took over, you took over ample enough time. You couldn't get Kenny, Kenny Galladay the ball in the end zone? Not once? Not twice? Let alone twice. Let alone twice. You can't get him in the end zone not one time. I'm so sick of this. The defensive side of the ball. Now, me personally, guys, I still like Patrick Graham. I think the defense was underperforming the first half of the season. Second half, I think they started to, to turn, you know, to come on a little bit. So there's still some guys in the secondary that I like. Blake Martinez, hoping this guy can stay healthy because he's a tackling machine. He's still under contract. You get him back at the linebacker spot. The Giants have to address the defensive line. If there's one spot that they're going to address from a defensive standpoint, it has to be the defensive line. We already know where the issues lie at with this team, guys. It's the offense. We know it. They have to. I'm so sick and tired of watching this offense. I know I brought it up, guys, and I don't mean to sound, keep saying the same thing. This offense looked like something from, I mean, uh, decades ago. Like, it didn't even look modern watching them. It was so predictable. They got to get it together, guys. They got to because I'm sick and tired of watching this. Y'all know I'm – listen, we all from the New York area. I'm from New York. Listen, there's really nothing to really look like, okay, yeah, you got the Yankees. But this – I'm so sick. Of, don't let me get started on them. They haven't won the World Series since 2009. Uh, 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 the Knicks. <laughs> don't get me started on them. Like, it seems like they regressed from last year. Um, thank you. Thank you for setting that up because – I remember when the Knicks were moving on from Patrick Ewing, the John Starks, the Anthony Mason team. And I remember we opened this show with the fan. And I remember listening to the fan 
And at the time, I think maybe Glenn Grunwald was the GM of the Knicks. And he said, this is New York. We don't rebuild. We reload. You reload. You reload. Like, the only thing to look forward to as a New York native right now is, let me, I want to give, give a shout out real quick to my New York Rangers, who Ooh. we are. Yes. Let me give a shout out. I know nobody really doesn't. That's nobody outrageous. might not be the big hockey. Yes. Y'all already know if you've been paying attention to hockey. We played the Maple Leafs tonight at the Garden. The Rangers look like they are on. I, I thought they they were rebuilding, but it looks like they 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 they're like they're gonna get ten for some years the way they look. I just want to stand say that this might who knows they might go to the Stanley Cup. Who knows? But with that being said, listen, guys, it's time. The Giants got to get this together. I like Brian Flores as a head coach and candidate. I even like Brian Debo. I know PJ don't like him, but I like him. You know what I mean? So I think it's either gonna. I think the Giants are really gonna hire him. Um, Joe Sheen, the general manager, the assistant general manager of the Buffalo Bills. I know, um, Big, you said they just ended, they had a second interview with the 49ers, somebody from the 49ers front office. And, um, well, they supposed to be interviewing somebody from the 49 He's supposed to have his second right. interview, but they did, right. and they did have the second interview with somebody from the Chiefs front office. Yep. So, um, the Giants have to get the general manager right. Um, I know they supposed, they actually are supposed to be having an interview with Dan Quinn. Um, he's a North Jersey native. But um, listen, if I'm Dan Quinn, okay, if you do hire him, Dan Quinn better bring somebody bright on the offensive side of the ball. You have you better because we know his side is defense, and I don't really think you have Patrick Graham as a defensive coordinator already. Now, obviously, I think you keep him as a defensive coordinator if you do hire Dan Quinn. I think that makes the defense even better having two good defensive minds on that side of the ball. The Giants this year need to address the defensive line, but from an offensive standpoint. Guys, they got to get a quarterback. I- I'm I'm tired. I'm just tired. We- Listen, you got to find some. This is why I said they moved on from Eli too late. And even, yes. not even, you just, you- and if you was going to keep Eli for that long, build around him. You, 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 you let the offensive line regress under him. It was sad to see Eli go out the way he went out. Like, it was terrible. It was like, and I'm not trying to compare Eli Manning to Kobe Bryant, but that was like watching how the Lakers built Kobe, how they built the roster around Kobe for the last few years of his career. Like, this is what you do to Eli, the guy that bought you two Super Bowls. So, listen, man, they have to get this right because I'm sick of this. I'm sick of why every single year me and my father get our expectations. And as every Giants fan, get, we get our expectations, you know, because we really thought that, okay, there was going to be some improvement this year. And it wasn't. That's all I got to say about the Giants. Um, like I said, we could do a whole talk, a whole show on these guys. But, um, Listen, well, let me I, let let me serve this up. Let me serve this up to you guys, and you guys all hit upon points that are brilliant, and that I want to hit upon and build off of what you guys were saying. I I talked about the we don't rebuild, we reload. Now, the team is in a rebuilding stage, right? The team is. The first thing they tell you when you go to AA is that you are powerless over your drug and your addiction. Now, the Maras have to admit that to themselves, that they're powerless at tampering with this team and being the source of all of the problems for the last 20 years, essentially. But the salary cap and what we're paying players right now demands that we reload and not rebuild. So... They have to figure out which world they're going to be in because if you're not in one, you're going to fail in both. And if you bring Brian Flores in, 
you know Patrick Graham is probably going to stay because they both come off the New England tree and they know each other. And that does the same thing that you were talking about, Brandon. If you bring Quinn in and keep Graham, your defense is looking super, super scary. What scares me with Blake Martinez, as much as I love him and think he's worth every penny of his contract, they're going to ask him to take a salary reduction because their cap is so tight or they're going to cut him because he'll wind up inevitably counting less to the cap if they get rid of him. Saquon's in that exact same situation right now. If they cut Saquon, they save $8 million on the cap for this season, and he accounts for zero dead money going forward in the cap. And these are the little pieces of fat that the new GM is going to have to figure out that he wants to trim off this team in order to have a salary cap that he can even pay the rookies that we draft. I mean, we all know this six players account for almost 50 over 50% of the giants cap going forward to next season. There's just like so much disarray with this team, but right when the bill comes due, you have to pay it. So this team really is in, in more of a reloading process. If you want to win, if you want to win in the next two years, you, you, you have to reload on this team. There's, We've talked about it before. I my my hope for this team. I mean, listen, I haven't gotten a phone call from Jersey today, so <laughs> I'm not going to be the GM anytime soon. But for the sake of this phenomenal show, um, if if I'm if I'm advising this team, it's listen. It doesn't cost us anything to bring DJ back. And if DJ hits a home run, we franchise tag him in his fifth year. But we don't even know if he's healthy, right? Like you said, B. We don't in case like we don't even know if he's healthy. So let's go get Marcus Mariota as an insurance policy. He's going to come cheap, and if DJ is not healthy, he's going to be quote unquote that bridge quarterback until we draft somebody. And he's capable enough to maybe do something with the right coach and the right general manager if the Giants hire him. Lewis Riddick's name I haven't seen mentioned in a in a while. For this franchise, it, it seems to be, as we opened up talking about the Giants, <coughs> Buffalo-centric and Kansas City-centric. And listen, if we're going to speculate, that's where the sh- that's where the signs are showing us that they're going, right? It's going to be shown in Dable, or it's going to be the enemy in polls from yeah, Kansas City. Yeah, because I don't think they're going to – I don't think they're going to really hire Dan Quinn. That's just me. No. I think they're going to interview no. him, but I don't, I don't really think they're going to hire Dan Quinn. I think right. they just interview him and – I think the Giants have to get the cap under control. You know, we're getting we're getting close to the end. So here's 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 my prognostication. You got to draft two offensive linemen. Kason's made point of it in all the previous shows, right? If you can't block, you can't run, you can't pass the ball, you can't protect whoever you have back there at quarterback. You got to draft offensive linemen. You're probably going to lose Evan Ingram. You're probably going to lose Sterling Shepard. You know that is what it is. They can um, go. Yeah, they can go. They can go. Maybe you go out and you get my and dream. Never allow them back in the city. Never. 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 And, never. And, and, and David Gettleman. And, and, and yeah, don't even allow him on the turnpike. David Gettleman should never be allowed nowhere near close to New York City. Uh, no. What he's done with this team, guys, in terms of uh, uh, contracts and just the salary cap, he needs to go back to Boston where he's from. Don't ever come back to New York City ever again Great because point. this was a disaster with this what he did with this team. This team was in worse was he put this team in worse shape than we were before. We are broke. Like that's a great play, Brandon. It, it's not even like 
What the, I said the Texans were the worst job. The Giants might really be the worst because <laughs> we don't have any money. That is one thing to be bad. It's another thing to be bad and then broke on top of that. Like you have no money to. Oh, at least Texas has uh, Texas has no state tax. Yeah, and and draft capital. We have right. draft capital, but no money. No money. So even if no we money. wanted to go get one of these quarterbacks, a Deshaun Watson, the Aaron Rodgers, the Russell Wilson. Ooh, how the hell are we gonna do it? I'm gonna have to trade away our first round picks. He paid. <laughs> like, he oh paid. My. He paid Kenny Galladay fourteen million a year. He bid against himself. The Lions didn't want Galladay, and there was nobody else really offering him the money that Gettleman was. And we are strapped to that he's Kenny a, Galladay contract. He's a possession receiver. The Giants had to find a way to you. You got to figure out some type of way to get some. Uh, you know what I mean? You got to. First off, they're going to have to cut some of that money. That's first of all. I'm sorry, Galladay. I know we just paid you. Uh, but listen, you know what I mean? <laughs> the general manager that gave you this money, I don't know what he was thinking, but we can't pay you this much. So can, do you mind taking a salary cap cut or something like that? And with that being said, we'll find a way to use you right. Because that's what needs to be done with him. Because he is a talented receiver, but he's a possession receiver. He had a few thousand yard seasons with Detroit. The problem is the Giants don't know how to use him right, and you overpaid for him. Sterling Shepard has to go. Darius Slayton, who can't who can't catch the ball and can't stay healthy, he has to go. Evan Engram, who can't catch the ball every time he dropped the ball, MetLife Stadium chair. He got to go. Like I'm telling you, man, and, like, and hey, and don't forget John Ross. Yeah, John Ross. John, John Ross, Ross yeah. got to go. Yeah, John Ross got to go. The only standout receiver, like I said, Galladay's not going nowhere because of the contract. So you're going to have to find a way to use him. I would still try to see if he could take some type of cut or something like that in terms of money-wise. Kandarius Tony is probably the only standout receiver that we have in terms of a bright future. When they did use him right, he was a problem. So Saquon, I believe, was starting to finally get his legs back under him. They're just going to have to figure out what they're going to do in terms of contract situation. Because I'm sorry, I'm not paying Saquon a whole bunch of money. Not at the running back spot. So they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with that. This is why it's so important for the Giants to get the general manager position, the general manager hire position, right? Because uh, it's a lot of question marks with this team. Like, I, I, guys, I really, really don't see the Giants becoming respectable. And I could be wrong because we've seen a lot of things happen in the NFL in terms of thinking teams are going to take a three-year or whatever the case would be. And then they end up, you know, it ends up being something quicker than three years in terms of the recovery process, the rebuilding process. But if I, really, like, looking at this team, I really unless the Giants get somebody like a Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watts and they really build up this offensive line, then maybe we, then maybe we on to something. But if something really doesn't happen, like, right? Yep. Another three years, guys. Another three years. Hey, Kason hey, and I said it to each other when we did the NFL preview show before we started, before the season kicked off. I said to Kason, I think Kason agreed with me. I said, I don't care if we go... Six and ten, six and eleven, or whatever record we have. When this season ends, all I want to know is that Daniel Jones is the quarterback of the future, and Joe Judge is the coach of the future. And the season's over, and Joe Judge is not the coach, and we don't know what's going to happen with DJ. Hey guys, did you see Joe Judge after he got fired? The guy had peace and beer. He was celebrating. <laughs> I think me personally, but you know what though, and I and I'm not trying to make it bigger than what it is, but you know what? Now that I come to reality, like now that I'm starting to really think, guys, and I got one question after I say this to you guys about the Giants. I think Joe Judge was trying to get him fi- get himself fired. I, I really do go. too. I think I Joe Judge. I, I really I think he's trying to get himself fired. 
I disagree only because it's hard to get a job at the NFL. So to get yeah, no, one to get fired to is is different. But Kason, maybe he probably felt as though, maybe he probably felt as though, yeah, you know what? I might not get another head coaching job, but I'm going to get another job somewhere else. It just ain't going to be yeah, no he, head coach. <laughs> he could be a head coach in the collegiate level. Like, I think he has what it takes to, to run a Division One program, maybe even a high Division Two program. As far as in NFL, case, no, that man don't know. No, he don't know. Go back to being a special teams coordinator. Do that. Hey, be a special teams coach. Let me throw this out there to you guys because you know I'm sorry. You guys are so wonderful to me because you know I get deep without intending to. Kason, you understand psychology better than any of us. Once we doubt ourselves, that's pretty hard to rebuild, right? And I think there was definitely enough reason for Joe Judge to start doubting himself. Now, I'm not saying – I might be insinuating, but I am not saying, and I don't mean to ins- insinuate as harsh as it may sound, but – when Judge realized it was all going out of control and Gettleman was going to be fired, I think the epitus of when he realized all that pressure was that 11-minute post-game speech. And I don't think he intended for it to get like that. I almost think he either threw stress, which usually is the exacerbator for a moment of bipolar or hypermania. I think Judge was expressing all of that in that 11-minute rant albeit unintentionally, but albeit 100% emotion. (laughs) And I think that unconsciously, he knew... Now, listen, I want to be very careful how I word this. I think unconsciously, he, he led into that emotion, and when he had a chance to breathe, he could honestly say to himself, listen, if I fucked up with that... I still got 15... I still got $15 million coming to me. Yes. And I know I always couldn't go back to New England because Belichick collects those old failed head coaches like my (laughs) my grandfather used to collect stamps. And he knew knew the Giants would pay him. So, like, maybe intentionally he wasn't doing it and maybe it was a manic episode in that 11-minute rant, but... It all, like Brandon's saying, it, it, you know, you're not an unreasonable person if you speculate that, listen, this guy reached the point where he knew he wasn't going to keep his job, and it wasn't like he was going to do anything. Ext- listen, the whole thing comes down to this. If the guy wanted to keep his job, he would have went for a third and nine play. Pim. Why you – right? I think at that point he was already fired. Like I, I don't think it was anything – um, he could do even if he converted that third and nine. I think the writing was already on the wall. I think. But you know what's so concerning, Kason? I think Steve Tish. This is what and uh, um, they said this on the New York radio, and this is what's been you know when it happened. This is the talk in New York City right now. Uh, John Mara, I think, still wanted to keep Joe Judge. Yes, but Steve Tish told or put in John Mara's ear. We cannot bring this guy back to our franchise. Do you see the reaction that our fans is giving him? We you cannot can't. bring him back. And I think that's what happened. And that's what makes me question where the hell is John Merritt had at? Because you should have fired him uh uh right after that. Like what K said, that play. I mean, come on, man. Like, come on. He, I understand. Here's one, here's one thing we can't lose sight of as giant fans or sport NFL fans. And thank you to King and Patrick for listening for so long. Mara is the face of the franchise, no doubt. No doubt. His grandfather started this team. 
But John Tish, whatever Tish's first name is, Tish is the one that deposits the money in the bank. Steve Tish. Yeah. Steve Tish pays all the bills for this organization. Mara runs it. So mm-hmm. when Tish drops his opinion on things, Mara is going to do a little bit of listening. And I think you're right. I think the reports that we saw that Tish was like, hey, that medium Coke idea to tell the fans we love them was not such a good idea. These fans have turned against us, and you got to get rid of Judge. And I, if I'm Dan Quinn, to be quite honest with you, uh, I don't want this job. Like, if yeah. I'm Dan Quinn, I think there's better coaches. I, no, seriously, guys. Like, yeah. if I'm Dan Quinn, I don't want this job. I want Denver. Bring, I, give me. I want to go to Denver or Minnesota or something like that. But I don't want this job. They can interview him all they want to. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm actually, as we're talking, guys, I'm on Giants Twitter now. So as I'm talking, I'm just looking at not the actual Giants page, but people that's talking about them interviewing Dan Quinn. So with that being said, if I'm Dan Quinn, I don't want this job. Now, I really, really think that they're going to hire the Bills general manager. And I believe that um, Brian Dabble will be the head coach of the New York Giants. That's what I firmly believe. I think they're trying to model the success of the Bills, and rightfully so when you look at what the Bills are doing. So I don't, I, I can't knock that at all. You know what I mean? But listen, man, they got to get this right. They got to get this right because I'm tired of seeing the same stuff every year, man. I'm, I'm tired. Like my father literally said, guys, that after the first game we played against the Cowboys this year, he stopped watching the Giants after that because he already knew where the season was going. I, I was I, a matter way. of fact, I think he said – I could be wrong – I think he said he stopped watching him after the Atlanta game. I said, well, damn, Dad, that was early. He said, yeah, for me, right. For me, it was Washington. Like, once we lost to Washington, then yes. we lost to Washington. I said, yep. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, the and, second and one. You already knew how it was going to be. All summer, these boys was like, y'all think y'all going to be nice and y'all not going to be nice. I'm like, yo, we're going to win a division. He gave us five games. We won four. So that goes to show you right there. Like, <laughs> I, I was done at the Amen. Washington game. And the good thing is I live in the Philadelphia market, so the Eagles game is going to come on over the Giants game, regardless, on Fox. So, and I don't got res on and stuff like that. So, I was like, it, it's a blessing that I don't got to watch these guys. Well, you, don't to see that, you don't have to see that atrocity every Sunday. Same thing with me. My wife said to me in, like, week 12, a friend of ours has a really nice sports bar up here. She goes, do you want to go to the sports bar and get some wings and stuff? I said, no, now I get to stay home and watch teams that are actually good. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, yeah. And, and, and I can make my own steak and cheese here and we can hang out and, and, and relax and enjoy. Hey, guys, before we sign off at six, I can't believe this was a two. You know it's a good show when it's two and a half hours and you can't yeah. believe it's two and a half hours. But I got exactly four quarters left in my pocket, and we got exactly four messages. So let me throw them into the jukebox and play some songs. Biggie, what up, NK? What up, Brandon? I wouldn't say that the AFC, what is that? What is that division? AFC, see, I can't even think of, think of what it is. <laughs> but I wouldn't say that's the worst division in football. I mean... The Colts are a good team, minus they just need a quarterback, a competent quarterback that can win in the big moments, and they're a good team. Um, oh, yeah, Jaguars, a dumpster fire. Uh, the Texans are not bad. Like, they won games. Like, I had them, like, being, like, number one pick and all that, you know, but they won games they shouldn't have won. Like, they beat the Chargers and all sorts of stuff. So that, that team has potential. They just need the right pieces there to make it work. So I would say this is the worst division, like, Think about it, though. Like, I wouldn't even say the NFC East is the worst division. They had two teams make it to the playoffs. So, I would have to think about what's the worst division. But I definitely wouldn't say it was them. 
I, I want, before I get to Patrick, I want Mr. Motivation sitting right next to me on the couch when CNN comes on the news and says that an asteroid is going to hit Earth in two days because if I don't have motivation, I think I might jump out my window. <laughs> that was an awesome rant. I love it. Hope the, hope the Giants get their act together. Also, I like the choice for the head coach. And um, at least y'all got the Mets and the Yankees, too. If yeah. you were a Pirate fan, you would be suffering as much as I am. <laughs> Don't Patrick. bring up the Mets, Pete, Patrick. Don't bring up That's the Mets, right. please. Not L, and, no, no Mets over here. And thanks for listening so long, Patrick. Let's go to King. Hey, I'm just here soaking up the information, man. I got to get my fix in. Amen, brother. Amen. A drug is a drug is a drug, even if it's a good one. Sorry for the next one, but thank you guys for putting this stuff on. I appreciate it. I'm here listening, my guy. That was awesome. That was awesome. Guys, I just wanted to let you know that I was going to set up for uh, February 14th, which is the Monday after the Super Bowl for our first uh, NBA show. Uh, that'll be the day right after the Super Bowl, so we can start planning that stuff. Uh, let me just, I found one more quarter. Let's go to Ronjay real, real fast. Uh, one question. Is Patrick Covington fucking PJ Covington's dad? <laughs> yeah, that's his, yeah, that's his dad. That's his Is dad. it really? Yeah, that's I his dad. Oh, that. shit, I didn't even know that. One night. I didn't even know one, that. The one night he was on the show when uh, he told PJ, uh, I think it was the Kansas City Steelers game. <laughs> he told him like, "Don't be betting your rent money." <laughs> oh my god, I love it! Hey, love Biggie, it. I, I, I got a quick Yo, question. Baby. I know, I know you're out at Maine, so is it a whole bunch of Red Sox fans out there too? Yeah, you know, here's the interesting thing for baseball, brother. It ain't nothing but Red Sox. It ain't oh. nothing but Red Sox for baseball now. But for football, though, there are a lot of Giant fans up here because. Before the Patriots got into the AFC in the late 60s, early 70s, whenever the Pats became an organization, the closest team to New England was the Giants. Mm -hmm. So from Connecticut up to Maine, you saw Giant games growing up as a kid here in Maine, they tell me, you know, back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, until the Patriots came in. So there's a large amount of, of Giant fans. But I remember when my wife and I opened up our pizza shop, I had all my when we opened up the restaurant, I put all my boxing photos up, all my boxing autographs, all the guys I've met, you know, all the giants and shit that I met, all my memorabilia, Yankee memorabilia up there. And um, I remember I had some guys that eventually and still are really good friends of mine come in with Red Sox hats. And, you know, we were all just kind of jousting, having fun with each other. And I said, listen, I'm a humble Yankee fan. And they said, what a humble Yankee fan. What the hell is that? There, there is not a humble Yankee fan. I said, I can prove it to you. And they said, what? Go ahead, prove it to us. I said, this was at the time back in like 90, 95. I said, you don't see my picture up there with the 24 World Series pennants, do you? <laughs> mm. That's humility when you're a Yankee fan in Red Sox country, as far as I'm concerned. And that was but, before we went out the next three because we have 27. Yep. Yep, exactly. But I'll tell you what, universally to every Red Sox fan that I know, everybody respected and loved Derek Jeter. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. Everybody. He, like, the cat, he, he, was, he was the face. He was the face of New York sports for 20 years, man. I, I, I miss him. We haven't had anybody like that in New York in terms of a, a, a sports figure since he retired, to be quite honest with you. Eli and Derek Jeter, to me, he, Derek Jeter and Eli were just the two cornerstones of New York sports. And if you want to bring in Harry Lundquist, the goaltender for the Rangers for all Rangers, those Rangers, yep. Sit there and yeah, say that Rangers. as well. Those three guys were just cornerstones of New York sports because don't get me started on the Knicks. They never had a face of, you know what I mean, since the 90s. So <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love my man Melo from Red Hook, but, you know. Melo you know, and uh, what's his name? The, the king of China. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh uh, yeah, uh, Jeremy yeah, Lennon. Yeah. Jeremy Lennon. Yeah, those days. I thought about Stefan. I thought about Stefan, but we could put Jeremy Lennon up there. Oh yeah, well, the, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, Stefan, yeah, Stefan, he from Brooklyn too. Stephane yeah, had, yeah, he had the city rocking for a little bit, man. Yeah, he had China. He had China, he had China, he, he had, he had China rocking for a while too, didn't he? Yeah, he, yeah, he had, yeah, he had, yeah, he had a China rocking for a while, man. He had China rocking for a while, like, yeah, yeah, he had China rocking for a while. So, hey, give, I, me, I your, Gita, give man. me, give me your opinion. What do you guys think about this? I saw the Knicks made a trade um, to pair R.J. Barrett up with his former teammate uh, the Can't day ready. or two ago. Yeah, what do you guys think about that trade? And <laughs> everybody, welcome to five minutes of extended programming that we didn't plan <laughs> on. Um, what do you like? Did you like that Reddish trade? And I was listening when I was driving home today. Um, people were calling into ESPN trying to figure out deals for John Randall. Would, do you like the Reddish trade? And what do you think they should do with Randall? Uh, Randall is not a franchise player. I like Julius Randall, but I think the Knicks found that out last year in the first round against Atlanta. He's not a he's not a first option. He's not even a second option. He's a good third option on a championship contending team. He could be a really good third option, but he's not a first or a two. And I think that the um the frustration with the, the city of New York Knicks fans is starting to get to him, and I don't know if he's mentally built for that. Um, so therefore, I would be trying to trade him. I think they need to be trying to build around R.J. Barrett because what R.J. Barrett has been doing the past several games has just been phenomenal. It looks like he's starting to come into his own. I like the trade for Cam Reddish. The Knicks have some good young players on this team that they can build around. Um, but the Knicks are at this point now where, okay, we saw what you guys did last year in terms of making the postseason as the seed. So you got to the postseason. That's cool. Now it's time to go out there and get a marquee player. We know the Knicks for years have always been trying to chase a marquee player, but they never had the culture and the team to do it. They just had the money to. So you actually have the culture under under Leon Rose, World Wide West, Steve Stout. They got a lot of good guys in the front office. That's And James Dolan is finally out the damn way. So with that being said, if I'm the Knicks, by R.J. Barrett, I believe I know what the Knicks are trying to do, and I believe this is going to happen. Zion Wilson, Zion, Zion, walk my words, will be a New York Knicks, if not next year, the year after that. I'm telling you now, I know what the Knicks are trying to do. They made that trade, because it was a good trade, don't get me wrong, but guys, you should have seen um, Zion's face, I think it was last year or the year before, when New Orleans asked him about playing in the city of New York. I think the Pelicans were playing the Knicks at the time, and his face just left. Zion wants to be in there. I personally think that's why he's he's uh, he he's hurt. But I think he's purposely doesn't want to play for the Pelicans. I really, really do. I don't think he wants to be in New Orleans. With that being said, come to New York. Zion, he just, just needs to get himself in shape and, and, and really take his body seriously. Take his do body you, seriously. Get himself in shape. Now, I don't know if he's doing that purposely because that's he doesn't what want I was to gonna, That's what I was just going to yeah. ask you. But I think he's going to be a Nick. I really do. And if they, and like I said, Zion is, 
I think all the skills are there offensively. He, all the skills is there, period. But I think the Knicks are going to go out there. And if you're going to make a trade or, I mean, assign somebody or trade, I'll be for him. Because the Knicks probably been trading for older and veterans over the past several years. Like, don't do that. Right. If you're going to do make a trade, make some, make a trade for some young piece, a young foundational piece like Zion. So, so I believe that's you, what's going to happen. What if I you take... For Zion, though. I would My biggest trade right now is that the Knicks need to make... Uh, I'm point guard. A point guard, and I like De'Aaron yep. Fox. I think De'Aaron Fox is going to fit this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. That's yeah, good. But De'Aaron I'm just Fox. saying, guys, I'm talking about the Knicks. See, the Knicks need to find, because it's New York, guys, so they got to find somebody that you got to get one of the best players. I'm not saying Zion's one of the best players, but the Knicks, they at a point now where, like I said, they're kind of done to some degree out that whole trying to find a culture and rebuilding phase. You just made the postseason last year as the fourth seed. So, therefore, you need to be trying to get somebody. Now, me personally, I'm going to tell you who I really want with the Knicks. But he's in Chicago right now. And Stephen A. said this. I would love to see Zach Levine in a New York Knicks uniform. It just goes perfect together with him and the Knicks. I don't know if the Knicks I, – I don't. I'm, Zach Levine is probably going to stay in Chicago with the success he's having right now. But if I I'm think Knicks, he loves DeRozan too much. I think yeah, he, he loves, loves DeRozan. Backcourt. That culture that they built in Chicago has been tremendous. The Bulls is the number one seed right now. It's great to see the Bulls back because I think it's great for the NBA. But the Knicks, like I said, I like that trade. Kaysan getting Fox because he's a point guard. You can get him. You got R.J. Barrett. You can just trade for Cam. Go get Zion. Mitchell, I, but now, like I said, Robinson. now I agree with you. Huh, what you say? And I said you got Mitchell Robinson. So you got yeah, you got Mitchell. So it's a young nucleus. That's yeah. why I said, but, that, but all right. those guys. Those players that they like, even if they get Fox, you still need a star. And I think that's what the Knicks is missing. At some point in time, okay, you can continue to get these young pieces, but none of those young pieces we just mentioned are stars. The Knicks have to get at least one star to build, because uh, you already got the pieces to surround them with the one star. But the Knicks got to go out and get a star, some star in the NBA. Dame Lillard, something, if they can get him, you know what I mean? Let's get point guard. Like they need, the Knicks need a star. It's New York, you got to bring a star to the garden. What do you put in a package? If obviously John Ranzel is going to be included in this, right? If we you figured out is your third option, what are the if you let's just identify Fox? What do the Knicks have to put together, and what can they put together realistically, you guys, to go out and get Fox? I don't want. I went first. You got to give up a first. I would give up first. I wouldn't give up a first this year. Maybe a next year first. Who could I give up? I would definitely have to give up Kemba. I mean the Kemba experiment. It was a feel good story, you know. He's from uh, he's from Bronx. Bronx. Yeah. He grew up in New York, room for the Knicks, but it's obviously not working. Um, you don't know what you have from Derrick Rose yet. I mean, because he's a little older and he's coming off a this is an ankle injury, mm-hmm. so you don't really know what you're getting from him. So I think you got to do whatever you get to get a solid point guard, even if you got to go out and even try to make a trade for Ben Simmons, even though he's not the scoring point guard. But you need something there. You have nothing there right now, and it's just unfortunate. So we, whatever it takes. I mean, oh, I got I one, guys. I got one, Biggie. There's already been speculation. It's another yeah. New York kid. It's, I think he's from Queens. There's already been speculation about Donovan Mitchell possibly wanting out of Utah. Utah. If you can get him, that's your star right there. Because this guy can go out there and give you forty on any given night. So with so that being not... said, go ahead. Go ahead, B. Go ahead. No, go ahead, B. No, so what I was saying is, like I said, I agree with Kaysan. If you know, I would give up a first and try to get Fox or something like that. But if you're not going to go get Fox, the Kimball Walker experiment is over with. Derek Rose was a feel good story. Uh, feel good story. I'm sorry, feel good story. But the Knicks need a point guard. Donovan Mitchell is a point guard. 
now obviously mm. he ain't a traditional point guard, but you know what I mean. He's a point guard. We know that he ain't no shooting guard. He's a he point guard. Yeah, he's a score. Yeah, so the point guard. So so if you gave up, if you if you gave up, because you guys know way more about basketball than I do. I mean, I used to have tickets for the Nets, and I can hold the conversation, but I'm learning from you guys, and I love you for it. So if you if you are the Knicks and you put a one and Kemba together, would that be enough to get a player like Fox? I it think so. The, yeah, I, I think it depends on like the other what the other teams are offering right now, though. But okay, like, I don't. I think they offered. De'Aaron has the 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 max in in Sacramento, if I'm not mistaken. So it really just matter. Like the NBA is about can the what well, contracts can the money make it? Can the money make right. it? But if yeah. I'm the Knicks, you don't want to be in. I, I think somebody told me this on stereo. Like you don't want to be in a position where you're just me, mediocrity. That's what happens when you're a fourth and fifth seed. Like yeah, you made the playoffs, but now can you get to the second round? That's what like I'm saying. It's, like, that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's all about taking that next step because, but God, let me tell y'all something right now. And Ron J. King, I don't know if y'all know this, y'all should, but I'm gonna case sign biggie. Y'all know this, regardless of what the Nets do in New York City, it's all about the Knicks. So the Nets can win a championship for all I care. They're oh, yeah. not gonna get the same storylines as the Knicks. They can have Kevin Durant, they can have Kyrie, they can have Hart. And matter of fact, I speculation that Hart went out of Brooklyn after this season. So, regardless of what the Nets do. It's all about the Knicks. It's going to always be like that. Guys, in the postseason, this past postseason that just passed last year, the Knicks sold out of playoff tickets as soon as they knew they were going to be in the playoffs. The Nets were still trying to get seats, were still trying to sell their tickets. When get, I think by game time, or I think it was something like that, like getting close to game time, they're, tr- they're still trying to sell their tickets for the first round against Boston. I'm like, well, damn, that just goes to show you that the Nets would never take over Knicks. They never, because people got to remember they were in Jersey for so much, for so long. So even with that being said, even with them moving to Brooklyn, listen, the Barclays Center is beautiful, but it ain't the guard. Hey, <laughs> so man, hey, man you, know, my, you know what my grandfather used to say, who, whose family came from Red Hook? My grandfather used to say, you, if you can't get to the best restaurant in Manhattan, you might as well go to the best one in Brooklyn. Downtown, so that, there you go. That's it. There that's you go, because I would go to Brooklyn. I would go to Brooklyn just to go to because we, I, me, I'm gonna tell you this now. It's a we have a juniors in Manhattan. Like I said, I'm from Manhattan, so I will go. I'm from Harlem, so I will go to Brooklyn just to go to, just to get juniors because I felt as though juniors have better cheesecake than Manhattan did. So it's just certain things I do. I'll go to certain boroughs for certain things. Not, not it's not really real that I have. It's not really often that I have to leave Manhattan to get anything. We have everything right. in Manhattan, but most of the time, yeah, sometimes yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I do go to certain bars. Like, I always, me personally, not to get on subject, but I always felt as though <laughs> Queens had the best girls growing up in school. So I used to always love to talk to girls from Queens. No lie, no lie, no lie. They always had the best girls. So I would want to go to Queens, but I just want to put that out there, though. I love it. Queens is a great spot. I miss home, man. Yeah. I miss black and white. I miss black and white cookies. I... I was in dead central Jersey. I was right born in Hudson County, Jersey City, Bayonne. And uh, I just miss being so close. Like we'd go down to Philly, grab some steaks, go to an Eagles game at the vet, head Mm. into Manhattan. I mean, it was just everything. It's just the greatest area in the world for sports, for people. You know, hey, this is a great right. We talked about it in the beginning of the show, man. Sports. Sports is everything for us. It builds. Look at us. We all didn't even know each other until Stereo created this app, and we all have the common bond of sports. 
Yep. And now yep. we talk to now we talk to each other, message each other every day, or talk to each other a couple times a week when we do the show. Yep. It's perfect. It's perfect. Like I said, it's it's you know the obviously, you know, what us three just being from the um <laughs> from the um the East Coast, we all have so much similarities that we probably didn't even know about before, you know, we got right there, yo, you know what I mean? But it's not even just being from the East Coast, King, PJ. Whoever, you know what I mean? We all are able to talk about things, you know what I mean? Right. Just outside of that sports. Common, sports that is, com- yep. Right. Yep. yep. That common energy. That It's the energy that all, I don't mean to get deep, but really, I mean, you talk about the sports, it's just a common thing that you like. But once you have conversation and you hear somebody's tone of voice and you get to talk to them for a little while, that's what starts, you know, seeding in the soul. Like, hey, I like this person. Right. And it's yeah, great absolutely. that we all have that out. Great that we all have that outlet for it. Biggie, did you ever used to go to Little Italy? Oh, my God, man. Oh, I my God. I, I used to go to Italy at the time where it was, I mean, it was much smaller then than it was back in the day. But when I used to go, it was still probably like six blocks. Mm-hmm. I mean, now it's really probably down to like a block. Yeah, block yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I used to go, I mean, I'm 52. I used to go. Back in the 70s, I remember more the mid-70s and up. I mean, one of the greatest memories I have of going into Manhattan all the time, when I was a little, little kid, my uncle, who used to live in West Orange, uh, my cousin is an actor, Frank Langella, on Broadway, did a lot of movies, got nominated for an Oscar. So I'd go to my uncle's house on the weekend, and he would take me over to the Empire State Building. And in the, mm. in the in the low floor of the Empire State Building, they had like the newsstands and the boutiques, shoe shine and barber shop. And I remember going. The dude was like the Godfather, dude. Like See? I remember this little kid reading the Playboy. All these guys are dressed up in suits. I still could smell the I could smell the flowers at the florist oh, right next. I was door. just about to say that. I was about to say, see, Kason Biggie was around when. Um, you said the 70s and stuff like that. So around that time period, that's when the mob was up. Uh, that was when oh, the mafia yeah. was all around Little Italy. Like that that's yep. when they can they, they ran New York City in terms of oh. everything. You know how many documentaries I watched about the five families of New York in terms of the mafia? It's 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 it listen, me every time period. It's a it's a, listen, a lot of it's a lot of it's lot a lot more romantic than it's made up to be, but mm-hmm. but at its best. And I, that best might have only been a window that Joe Montana couldn't have thrown a ball through. Mm-hmm. But I think at its best, the best mob movie, and I think the highest aspiration of how a mobster would like to be thought of, is the movie A Bronx Tale. Oh, yeah. Ooh, oh, my God. Now, that movie. Uh, yeah. I grew up when I grew up in Jersey City for a little while till my parents opened up all their delis and we moved into the burbs of Jersey. I grew up in Jersey City in kind of a neighborhood really like that. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, you had guys in the neighborhood. I mean, th- I played stickball against the car wash brick wall. Dude, we would race. I ran with like five kids and my I could still hear my dad. God rest his soul. If you have a crew, I don't care if it's a motley crew, have a loyal crew. And I was a little kid and we ran with like four guys and this really cool girl. And we would race from the car wash to Josephine's five and dime. I'm I'm 1975. I'm like six years old. We would race seven, eight, nine years old. 
we'd race from the car wash to the candy store because if you were the first person to touch the wall, when you went inside and she slid the steel door open on the Italian ice case, you got the first burst of cold air and you could smell all the Italian ices. Wow. Those that's just... the, that, that's the, those stories, the stories like that. And by the way, my favorite show of all time is The Sopranos. I'm not oh, talking about man. this mob. That is my favorite show of all time, period, period. He's one of the best actors. Gandolfini's one of the best actors of all yeah, God time. God rest his soul, man. Amen. He's one of the best. He's one of the best. It's and just a great Niro, place to be from. Yes, the De Niro and Sylvester Stallone. Like, yeah. They're all from New York. Like, a lot of people forget, like, okay, yeah, Sylvester Stallone. People remember, obviously, for Rocky, and that was in Philly, but people, Sylvester Stallone is from New York. You know what I mean? So, uh, and obviously, we know about De Niro. So, Joe Pesci and the Goodfellas, and oh my goodness, man, I could Godfather. I could just go on and on about those movies and obviously the movies that I'm mentioning guys are before my time but growing up around my my uncles and aunts I grew up as an old soul so even the music I listen to I don't really listen to a lot of the new New York music rap that's coming yeah out. it's I old school listen. yeah I still listen to the 90s and early 2000s in terms of uh, in terms of New York hip-hop so even with that being said like I, I just those movies man those movies are just classic Bronx Tell Sopranos is I believe oh yeah great- Television oh, yeah. show, I've in my opinion. Uh, just, I'm, I'm telling you, I can go on and on. It's, I can go on and on. It's just, uh, you know, you got you taking me down nostalgic lane right now. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I feel like I'm back home. Um, Vicky, it's what just you gotta an, play these messages that we got. Yeah, bro, let's go to the jukebox. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's doing that on purpose in terms of his weight and conditioning. Because even when he was playing, when he was healthy last year, he was still overweight. He's kind of like Luca. Like, you know, Luca is just not... Luca really needs to trim up. Like, I mean, his game is so good that you, you, you kind of try to overlook it. But, like, you need to, you know... If, if you're a 20-year-old, 22-year-old kid playing basketball every day... Um, and you're still kind of overweightish, and you're in the your your athletic prime and doing more activity than you ever you ever do. Um, I think his weight is going to be always be an issue, um, especially when he's done you know, when his career is over. I think his weight is really going to be an issue. Um, so, yeah, it's just my take on it. I don't think he's doing it on purpose. Hey, listen, yo, listen Brandon, I don't know if you remember. Um, Isaiah Briscoe kind of got the same problem from, I think he was from Jersey. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what part of this, but Zay had that same problem growing up, man. Like, Zay was a really <laughs> tough guard, but he was and a make bigger you, guard. Yeah, make you question, like, even though I said what I said about Zion, and I basically just wanted a whole thing about we should get Zion, it do make it do make you second-guess yourself. Ron J made a good point. It do make you second-guess second guess yourself as a Knicks fan and as the Knicks office, do we go out and get him? Can he ever stay in shape? Like, you don't want to have to ask that question. Hey, guys, we we have a request for a co-host, and here's what I'm going to do. No kidding. I wish we had FaceTime. I am cooking in my cast iron skillet right now, <laughs> and, I'm a, and I'm about to make a chopped cheese. Oh, not, well, oh my God. Oh, not, my the, God. Not, the, not the Aki way, 
Oh, okay, like, okay, I, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> just, just my old school. Chop cheese, baby. Like we go right down the street real quick. Chop cheese. So listen, I'm going to eat and listen to you guys. And Case, we'll, we'll all get together and set up another show. Brandon, I'm not going to get too deep or emotional. Man, this was awesome. Kason, thanks for bailing me out when the Wi-Fi was going wacko. But dude. This was a great show. Thank you so much. You were awesome, man. Appreciate it, big guy. Anytime, man. Anytime. I appreciate I it. It was this. great. Case on, thank you, it. my man. You got you guys run it. I'll be listening, okay? Uh, all right, all right, all right. So who's the co-host? Who, who who wants to come in? Yeah, I don't know who the admin. I think you probably need you admin. I don't know. Okay, let me see. But how do I add? Okay, is it well, I want to play these messages. King got it's two messages, and then it's another message from Rajay, real quick. So, because I, I don't know, I can't tell who's the. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, it's PJ Dash Patrick. Okay. You're not gonna be able to find Zion help that he needs. Even though I think this weight gain that he's doing is uh, fraudulent, but New York's not to give up way too much to get him. That's a good point. Hold on, man. The Knicks are the Knicks, but come on, the, the New York's got two two franchises in every uh, sport practically. They got the clown franchise and they got the pristine one. Which one do you think is gonna become the clown franchise? If the the Brooklyn Nets end up winning before the Knicks, come on, man. But King, it's 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 like like to answer that question, King, because I, I touched on this earlier this year when we was talking about this. Although the Nets could win the championship, they still won't get the storylines because the Knicks are so hollow in the city of New York that the Nets, okay, yeah, they'll get talked about. Like the, you know, they have a fan base in Brooklyn. But even then, if you look at overall Brooklyn, they're still not big net fans. So the Nets can win two championships straight for all I care. The, you think about this: when the Knicks won a playoff game against Atlanta, because they got bounced in five games, King last year. When they won a playoff game, they were going crazy outside the garden. Like the fans were going crazy. It just goes to show you the love <laughs> for the Knicks. The, the Knicks, Knicks always get the front page headlines, even when they beat Boston to open the huh? season. When they beat Boston, oh, yo, 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 when they beat Boston, let me tell you something. Now, this is I'm not, I'm not lying about this, guys. When they beat Boston, I actually I took a trend because I see I'm like, all right, I, because I'm already now I didn't know if we was gonna win or not. But me and my bros took the train down to the garden from Harlem, from uptown, took the train down to the garden. We was like, yo, we gotta see the reaction if they went. When they beat Boston, yo, it was crazy. It was crazy. Like you don't get that from the Nets. And me personally, I just pull this off. You're the Nets, you got three future Hall of Famers. I just think the Nets fans should be more passionate than what they are. Knicks fans is just passionate, and look who we have now. Like when we were sucked, God, the Madison Square Garden was still selling out. Brooklyn didn't get started getting talked about until KD got there. Nobody was talking about the Nets before Kevin Durant and Kyrie got there, and obviously they made the trade for Harden during the season. But I get your point, King. You know what I mean? But it's it's, it's like the Lakers and Clippers, man. Obviously the Knicks are nowhere near as storied as the Lakers in terms of championships. But they are story just as, as, as they're just as stories. The Lakers, in terms of their history, they've been around just as long, if not longer, 
and they're the number one most viable franchise in the NBA. The Lakers are three. It's actually Golden State that surpassed the Lakers. The Warriors are two. Just go on Forbes list. So the Knicks are going to always be king in New York in terms of basketball. It's the same thing in football. The Giants is going to always be kings over the Jets. Baseball, the Yankees will always be kings over the Mets. And in hockey, the Rangers is going to always be kings over the Islanders. I, t- I tell people this that don't really understand the city that much. I tell them that all the time, Kaysan. Like, that's just how it is in the city of New York. That's not to say that you don't have Jets fans, Nets fans, Mets fans, or Islander fans. It's just that those are the, the, the I don't want to say clown franchises, but those are like the secondary franchises. They don't get the headlines or the, the talk about, you know what I mean, about the other teams. They just don't. Even when they win it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even when they win it, so the Jets can come back and win it all they want. The Giants are still gonna always be talked about. That's what, that's what I'm saying about the Nets and Knicks. Like, see, the national media, the national media king might be talking about the Nets. So ESPN, they're gonna still talk about the Nets because of the stars. It's a star-driven lead. So the, yeah, ESPN and NBA TV and all of that, they're gonna talk about the Nets. But in terms of the local media, the city of New York, the five boroughs, not talking about the Nets like that. It's the Knicks. Hey, Biggie, I'm from Jersey City, man. Nah, that's crazy. Look at that. Yeah, shout out to Jersey City, City man. Yeah, shout out to Jersey City. Yeah, shout out to Jersey City. Yeah, I agree with you, man. You know, Knicks fans will really show up if, you know, if we win a championship or something. But the thing is, I can't understand it. This is, this is New York, right? New York is a major city, right? Other than L.A., Texas. And our sports team, our, our basketball team can never win shit. Even our football teams, other than Eli, can't win shit. So it's kind of like you have all the, the world watching you because the whole world watches New York, right? And they can't do shit. Like, they get mega stars, they can't do shit. I don't know what it is. I think it's the, the ownership that needs to go. They need to sell the team. And once they do that, I think then we could start bringing in some championships because there's no way that we can't get, like, a big name in here and, and win some shit. We're supposed to have at least five chips. Can't be just Lakers and Celtics. Come on now. Well, no, I agree with you, though. Yeah, it's small market teams to compete now. Like it like it don't matter. Like in the in the in the eighties, seventies, it used to be like LA, New York, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But now right. like, Milwaukee win. You can go to yeah, Golden State and it, win. Like Golden State was quote unquote big market. Like now yeah, San Francisco's not Right, San Francisco is not quote unquote a big market. It's, it doesn't. It's nowhere near LA. So, I get you. I get your point, Elon. Like I really do. You know what I mean. But um, the Knicks. But that's been their problem, Elon, for years. Like they'll chase a free agent, but the problem is they'll chase a free agent, and you're nowhere near ready to compete. Or they'll get they'll chase a free agent, give them a bad contract. Quote on, uh, prime example, Amari Stoudemire years ago. So. It, like I said before, I get your point. It is the city of New York. We should be more competitive, but it doesn't always work like that as much as we want it to work like that. It doesn't always work like that because it all depends on the player. You could be a big market all you want to. If it's not a winning franchise, no matter how storied it is, if it's not a winning franchise at that point, they're not coming. Yeah, I, just let me just finish up my point. The Nets ain't never gonna be no New York fucking team. I keep I don't know why people think this this Nets thing is like a craze. Brooklyn niggas love Nets. You see what I'm saying? Ain't nobody like Brooklyn niggas. You know what I'm saying? So fuck the <laughs> Nets. Hey, hey. It's always gonna be a Nick town. You see what I'm saying? But the Knicks gotta get their shit together, man. Y'all gotta put Dolan in the back of a car and put him in the fucking river. You know what I'm saying? Hold on, K Sly, you gotta respond to that. He's coming at your borough, man. I was saying, what's the beef with Brooklyn, man? Like, we the best borough though, like. It's just Brooklyn and everybody else. 
Oh, <laughs> nah, nah, I, I, I love this talk. I love when we start talking about the boroughs. It's about the boroughs, man. Like, nah, that's when we get funny. Hold nah, on, like, <laughs> nah, you know who y'all be really be with K Slot? And, and this is the newer generation, so I don't know if you've been people lately. But Brooklyn, y'all always got a problem. No, not y'all, because Brooklyn don't be having a problem with nobody. But to me, the Bronx always got a problem with y'all. And I be okay. like, I don't understand the beef between Bronx and Brooklyn. Like you gotta get over the Queens just to get to Brooklyn. Or I mean, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not. It's not like we even close. Like Manhattan and Brooklyn. Okay, I can understand. But you gotta cross so many boroughs to get to the. I was like, bro, stop. <laughs> That's why I don't see. Yeah. I'm like, yo, we'll just be hating on the borough. Like, it's, cool, <laughs> like, it's crazy because the Bronx, they got Yankee Stadium. They got all the uh, Hispanics down there. So I don't get it. I'm like, yo, like, what's the hate like? And the crazy part, like you said, we don't hate nobody. We just think we're the best. But that's everybody. Yeah, now, nah, Brooklyn, y'all, now, nah, Brooklyn, y'all really be minding y'all business. Like, uh, let me tell you something, and I ain't going to get too deep because I want to get to these two messages. And I'm going to soon get up out of here soon because I'm hungry. But, um, I, well, like I said, what I will say is the one thing about Brooklyn, like I said before, when it comes to, like, see, every bro is unique for its own separate ways, guys. Like, every bro, anybody that knows anything about New York, obviously me and K-Sign is from there, and it, look, it looks like Elon, you from... Like, that's what I need to... I didn't figure out, Elon, what part of New York are you from? Like, what, what part of the city are you from so I can come... The Bronx. Like, <laughs> he said the Bronx. Like, hold on, let me play these two messages. <laughs> yeah, well, the Knicks has been been around for decades, though. Um, so, so you know, good, bad, and different, that's, that's really all New York had. I know, that, I mean, the Nets were in New Jersey for a long time. They haven't been in Brooklyn in long but but listen, winning cures everything, right? So the Brooklyn Nets start winning championships. Trust me, that tide is going to turn towards the Brooklyn Nets. You know what I mean? You just got, you know, generations of kids who grew up on the Knicks, and that's all they had in, in, in the good times. Listen, these people are only loyal to, you know, the product that you can provide. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, if... if, if you know, if your dentist has been really good to you, let him fuck your mouth up that one time. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't ride with that dentist no more. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with a doctor or a painter or whatever the case may be. You know, the Brooklyn Nets start producing championships. Trust me, that tide will change. Those people, them people don't love you. They love the thing that you do. So they want you to win. No, I agree with you, Ron, but I disagree with you at the same time. But like, okay, yeah, the kids, the newer generation, yeah, the, the, the people that don't really know too much about the next story franchise or don't care to know or don't want to know or nobody's not teaching them, yeah, they'll root for the, the uh, you know, the Nets or whatever the case may be. It don't really matter in terms of what the Nets do. They can win multiple championships, Ron. This city is going to always be a Knicks town, it, it, regardless I of think- how bad the Knicks have been. I think times has changed though, like, like um, as far as like the typical fan, like, I mean, for us growing up, like you, I know you say you're 23, I'm 28. Like for us, it was it was you pick a team and you rock with that team. But now, like people just rock out with 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 in particular players. Like people, but like, I'm a KD fan, so if you go to the Warriors, I'm a Warriors fan. When you go to the Sixers, I'm a Sixers fan. There's, there's no loyalty to New York. Is different. Like it's it's different. Like for us, we gonna always pick a team. But now these younger kids, they go wherever their favorite player goes. LeBron goes to the Lakers, they're a Lakers fan. He goes to the Knicks, he's gonna be a Knicks fan. Like it's, it's weird, but that's not how we grew up. We just grew up, we, we just different, I guess, for us as far as that. But Ron J. right though, like if the Nets start winning, this younger generation they gonna rock out. They gonna rock out with the Nets. But I don't think it it could be to the point where it overtake the Knicks because yeah. the Knicks always been here. And like I'm from Brooklyn. And I still root for the Knicks. Like, if the Knicks lose, I'll root for Brooklyn. Like, I'm, I'm not going to hold you. Like, 
if they made it to the finals last year, I probably would have been rooting for them. But yeah, I'm no, I said that. Yeah. I said that. 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 You know what I mean? Like I definitely said that. I personally, I, I firmly believe that. Also, like I firmly believe that. Um, you know, if the if the if the Nets would have made it to the finals, yeah, New York would have been behind them or whatever the case would be. And like I said, it's the younger generation. I think you know they see KD, they see Kyrie, they see Harden. But I'm gonna tell you this though, Ron, and in case I let me tell you this, Brooklyn better win the championship in this window. You better like look what you got. You got you got to come out the East this year. There's no reason for you not to come out the East this year. Now KD is hurt right now, but he'll be back before the All Star break, supposedly. So they better come out the East. I don't want to hear nothing about the Nets if they don't come out the East this year. Nothing. Nothing at all. Like, last year, okay, I'll give y'all exception. KD was doing his thing. Kyrie went down. Harden was a shell of himself because he was coming back, and he really wasn't healthy when he came back. But there's no excuse this year. I'm sorry. And it's already speculation that Harden went out of Brooklyn. I don't even – I think – I don't even – Harden doesn't even look right in Brooklyn, to be honest with you. I, I heard Philly might be trying to get him. You know what I mean? I think Harden and B is more lethal. I'm not saying that the trio of Brooklyn is not lethal. But I just think Harden and Embiid is more lethal than Harden where he's at right now in Brooklyn. That's just me personally. But it's going to always be a Knicks town. You know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah, the Nets might get some type of shine or whatever the case would be, as they are getting now. But I'm telling you, man, the reaction from the Nets and the Knicks is night and day. It's, it's night and day. It's like, it's, it's really night and day. Listen, man, I don't want to hear that big market, this and that. Listen, Kawhi Leonard went from the Spurs to Toronto Toronto couldn't pass the, couldn't fucking get over LeBron, and that nigga came there one year, won a chip. LeBron went to LA, took him a couple of years, won a chip. I don't want to hear that, man. I don't want to hear that. It takes time. This is New York. They're the richest franchise in the fucking league. Come on now. Come on now. Nah, I'm with him. I'm with him, man. Like I told you, like I, I got nothing to say about that. I'm with him. I'm with him. Like it, listen, I'm with him. And hey, we shaking up here in Harlem, man. You know what I'm saying? But uh, nah, I ain't got no beef for no Brooklyn niggas. But you know, Brooklyn niggas always feel like you know they the movers and shakers and shit. And I'm just like, uh, I don't know. Man. You know what I'm saying? You don't know who's coming out of Brooklyn. You don't know some some Jewish nigga. You don't know some Jamaican nigga. You don't know some Haitian nigga. You don't know who's coming out of Brooklyn, man. So you know, it is what it is. But there's, there's definitely some gorillas in, in Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? They do. You know, they do whole shit down. But you know, I don't know. They on that Kevin Durant shit. So you got <laughs> fall back. Funny because my family's actually from Haiti, so like it's funny, but like I mean, we just carry the world in the thorough map, but it's all left though. Like, not 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 to Elon, man. I, I ain't no use from Harlem. What part of Harlem you from? Because I'm from Harlem too, 132nd and Lennox. You know what I mean? So shout out to you. You know what I mean, Harlem. But listen, man, I say this like this my this my whole thing. Like I said before, Harlem always been known for getting fly and getting money. That's always been a thing. Flashy. We always been known for that, and it's still like that to this day. You know what I'm saying? But, but shout out to Brooklyn, man. Like Brooklyn get money too. They get fly. It's Brooklyn. They bought their business. I say that when you go to Brooklyn, and I, I say this, Elon, you could agree with me. I, like in Kason, you definitely gotta. This, you could tell, and you could talk to anybody from the city about this. Brooklyn, y'all would try to any borough. Y'all don't care. Like y'all going to any borough. That's the only borough that I can mm -hmm. sit there and say that's doing that though. Like Harlem, yeah, we not that's going that's to that's everywhere, bro. Like I know that for a fact. Now, Elon, <laughs> I don't know how old you are. I'm 23, but I just know. My era, my generation, the bros I grew up in Harlem, like, okay, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll travel, but we not, we like to stay in Harlem. We like to stay in Manhattan. Brooklyn, yo, y'all go anywhere. Like, that's why when you go to, like, when you go out of state or something like that, and you hear somebody from New York, Kaysan, 
the first thing I hear when they, well, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm like, damn, like Brooklyn everywhere. You heard what yep. Pat said in that song. Yo. Go- <laughs> yeah, we gonna tell you where we from. You gonna know a Brooklyn nigga because he gonna tell you he's from Brooklyn. First thing they gonna say. Hey, you're not even gonna tell you he's from New York. That's the first thing I said. Like, they're like, where you from? I'm like, I'm from Brooklyn. Yo, 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 facts. They say that. Like, my baby mom's. I only got one kid. My daughter, like, she live out in Virginia now, but she from she from the style. Like, she from Brooklyn. You know what I mean? She from Fortson and Utica Ave. Like, she she right down the street from Brief Boy Projects from where Fab from. She right down the street from there. So like, lo, when I'm telling you, when like Brooklyn girls. Dudes, like when you, oh, I'm from Brooklyn. They don't say New York. They say Brooklyn. <laughs> like, like we, like we different from the city. I say. <laughs> yeah, nah, facts. You know what I mean? Like, now I know when I like, I like I say I'm from Harlem. Like I don't say I'm from New York. Whatever the case, but I say I'm from like most people. Like when I go out of go out of uh, go out the city, you know, they only got to sound from New York because they could tell by the accent. So they'll just ask like what part, and I say I'm from Harlem. But they'll be like, okay, cool. You know what I mean? But it just really all depends. And Brooklyn ain't winning shit this year. Knicks ain't winning shit this year. Nigga, the Lakers is winning this shit this year. I'll tell you that. Right here. Lakers, 2022. Lakers is six. Straight up. Uh, LeBron going to be the MVP. You feel me? AD going to rock out with his cock out. That's how it's going to go. You feel me? Westbrook going to get his ring. You know, uh, just put his stamp on his fucking Hall of Fame career. And we, gonna, we probably going to repeat next year too. So, you know, it is what it is, man. Good luck with the Nets and Knicks and all that bullshit. I hope y'all fight out for those conference banners. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, <laughs> first of all... I'll fuck, fuck with him, y'all. I'll fuck with him, Abby. Yeah, nah, I do. I'm about to fuck with him. First of all, the Lakers ain't winning no championship, no, no championship this year. That's out. That ship is sold. I think it's either going to be Golden State. Shit, it might be Brooklyn. Or I think it might be Phoenix. Those are my three favorites to win the title this year. It's either gonna be Brooklyn, or you can't. You still even you still gotta give respect to Milwaukee. They won it last year, so I think it's gonna be between one of the four. Let me get to these two wicked messages, and I'm gonna really try to get up out of here because I gotta eat. It's the new pussified generation, because women do that. Like they look for either the cutest guys or the guys they most relate with, and they follow them everywhere. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> but you already know. Wizards, Washington football team fan, Capitals, Nationals, you know what I'm saying? Anything DC, I'm I'm rocking with it. Like it is what it is. It's, it's my city. I gotta rock with it. Uh respect the DC, man. Respect that's one of my favorite places to go to. Like DC, DMV area. It's it's always it's it's always some stuff going on out there in terms of you know positive. It's, it's they got they got some stuff out there. So shout out to DC. I told Wicked that shout out to DC. Bro, Elon Musk, you wildin', my guy. You wildin', my. <laughs> when you see yeah. him, everybody be feeling on sling, yo. I was telling that. I was telling that to my girl like yo, like everybody's still our lingo, our fashion, everything, yo. Like if you're from North Jersey. You be stealing everything from New York, and then if you from if you from South Jersey, you be stealing everything from Philly. Like yo, I told somebody that. I told somebody that. Like every time I go out to Philly, I'll be out there. Um, this weekend I'm gonna be out there this weekend. Kesa, I'm uh, my mom's. I, like I, I go out there often on the weekends. She be making a big dinner. Family come over there and stuff like that. So I I, I go out there often on the weekends. So. I tell people that from Philly, like South Jersey be still in Philly people, stuff, North Jersey be still I'll be feeling bad You're from for New York. That. Yeah, like I'll be feeling bad for <laughs> They just like the middle ground, yo. They the middle ground. Yeah, because you in between the two 
mega cities on the East Coast. You're between New York and Philly. So it's like, you know, now unless you're from Trenton, if you're from Central Jersey, I right, maybe you do, you know what I mean? Maybe y'all do got y'all all day. But if you're from South Jersey or North Jersey, it's kind of hard, man. Like, it, it really is. It, it's really hard to, like, have your own identity or culture because of the influence that New York and Philly have. But um, every brother is different, man. Like, I always felt like, to me, like, Queens was probably the most excluding Staten Island. Like, no disrespect to Staten Island, but nobody really talked Island. about Staten Island like that, like that. So, excluding them, the, we're not talking about Staten Island. I just felt as though, me personally, K-San, like, when it came to parties, bro, when they, like, growing up, Brooklyn, if you, you, in order for us to go to parties in Brooklyn coming from Manhattan, you had to know somebody. Like, you wasn't yeah. just going to Brooklyn yeah. uninvited. Like, it, <laughs> It just wasn't like that out there. Like, I don't care if it was the start of Ville, East New York, Crown Heights. Like, it just wasn't Flatbush. It just wasn't like that. You know what I mean? Like, I know going up, like, I I love my experiences going to Brooklyn, but I also had some other experiences going to Brooklyn, too, where I was like, see, we should have never came out. <laughs> we should have kept our asses in the hall. <laughs> yeah. It's just different. It's just different. Brooklyn is a different type of vibe. The Bronx, obviously, is closer to Manhattan, so I kind of know more about the Bronx and kind of knew my spots and areas to go there. But then even then, the Bronx is completely different. Even though Bronx and Manhattan is close, the Bronx is more grimier, yeah. it's more rowdy. The Bronx is a zoo. Yeah, it's a zoo over there. You know what I mean? And then Queens, see, Queens to me was always unique because, like, I hear stuff about Queens, but Queens to me was, like, quiet compared to the other three boroughs in terms of what we're going to. Like, I know when I go to Jamaica, Queens, it'll be, it'll get, you know, it'll be, like, a lot of stuff going it's on. Right there, here. But, huh? Yeah, it's rowdy in Jamaica, but like if you go to like different like uh where the Mets play, what's that flushing? Yeah, flushing. Yeah, it's flushing. quiet over there. Yeah, it depends. But like you said, Queens is unique. It, it can give you that suburb vibe, but you take one long step somewhere else, you'll be back in the hood, man. So yeah, because Hollis, like Queens Hollis, is, is the suburbs to me. Like I, I, I was used, to, I used to mess with some girl out in Hollis one time, and I was like, yo, this look like. Oh, my first time going out there as a kid, I'm like, yo, this look like, I knew I was in Queens, obviously, still. Like, I knew my way around to some degree when I was going to Queens, but I'm like, this look like the suburbs, bro. If you go to Jamaica, ain't nothing suburbs about the Jamaica, or oh, Queensbridge, ain't nothing Jamaica, I mean, nothing suburbs about over there. Like, Queensbridge and Jamaica was always busy, you know what I mean? But any place I stepped in in Brooklyn, the Bronx, or Manhattan, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just 